3: You're listening to the Sans Pants Network.
2: Home of comedy, (laughs)
3: culture, adventures, and
2: ghosts.
3: This is News Fighters. Where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan.
0: Yes, hello everyone. Welcome to News Fighters. I'm your host Dylan Bain, the Mahmoud El Karim of Wacky Clips. Look him up, he was a squash player. Anyways, I'm on break at the moment. In fact, I'm recording this a week before uh, the election even takes place. But I have to say, whatever the result is, the debates, I think, were the turning point of the election campaign and were really conclusively decided who won or lost or whatever the result was uh, of the election campaign. So I figured uh, this week might be a good time to revisit my three debate recap episodes uh, from the election campaign. Now, the first debate was on Sky News. The second one was on 960 Minutes. And the third one uh, was on 7. And the first one was early in the campaign. And then, of course, Albanese got COVID. And then there was the last two in the second last week of the campaign. And uh, the debates are my absolute favorite moments ...of the election campaign because uh, I stay up till 4am and uh, try and make jokes out of gaffes and uh, funny sound effects. And it's just my absolute favourite bit of the entire campaign. So I thought I'd replay my debate recap episodes for you now. Enjoy. Enjoy tonight I'm wading into the first leaders debate and I have to say it's made me feel
3: a little bit like this guy. A man has fallen headfirst into a septic tank in Sydney's north.
4: He was performing maintenance on a septic tank at a property in Sydney's north when he fell in
0: headfirst. Yes and although trying to find comedy gold in the first leaders debate does make me feel like I'm literally swimming in crap. Unlike the guy who fell into the septic tank, I don't have a dog named Spot to rescue me.
3: Luckily, local dog Spot heard the man's cries for help, prompting his owner to call emergency services. <laughs> Certainly a great effort by Spot.
0: Yes, and on Channel 7 last night, that story was directly after the election campaign news story. And if you ask me, that was the wrong order. The The septic tank guy should be ahead of the federal election news story. Much Bigger, more important news, if you ask me. But yes, on to the federal election campaign, or as I like to call it, the mainstream media repeatedly kicking Anthony Albanese repeatedly because they feel like it campaign.
3: After a shocker of a first week on the road for Anthony Albanese. That has been a bad start for the opposition leader, Anthony Albanese, no doubt about that. After a bad start to his election campaign. Bad week for Anthony Albanese. But it's more a case of Anthony Albanese losing the week, frankly. Right now, he's preparing for tonight's leaders debate right here. Here at his hotel. Let's hope he's working on the economic figures. So if asked, He gets it right this time.
0: Oh, I love the media's equating of these two guys. On the one hand, we have a political leader who caused millions of us to be locked down for several months because he didn't order enough vaccines, went overseas during a massive bushfire crisis, basically runs a protection racket for corrupt kleptocrats and alleged abusers, is hated by his own side, couldn't deliver a pizza if he had to, and only cares about lowering taxes and giving out money to fossil fuel companies. But yes, let's make the whole election campaign about the guy who forgot two numbers. He's clearly not fit to lead. Yes, and the media is so lazy that in describing the debate last night, they only had one description for it.
4: But tonight we'll get to see Prime Minister Scott Morrison and opposition leader Anthony Albanese going head-to-head for the first time this campaign. The leaders do go head-to-head tonight in their first debate. In tonight's first head-to-head debate.
3: Before going head-to-head tonight. Scott Morrison and Anthony Albanese go head-to-head for the first time.
0: Yes, never gone head-to-head before except for every week when they do it in Parliament, but never mind. Yes, the debate was on Rupert Murdoch's Sky News channel, which meant the host had to actually take a break from bashing Anthony Albanese for a minute and actually listen to, to what he had to say, which must have been a big change for them. And now into the debate itself, and Morrison and Albanese were actually on a unity ticket when it came to forgetting people's names. It was Mariel, is that right? Mariela.
5: Mariela. Mar- Mar- yeah, can I ask Michael what, what business you're, you're in? What Daniel. Daniel. So, Daniel.
0: The debate started with opening remarks, which of course for Morrison meant rolling out his pity party
3: pitch he's been refining lately. It's been tough. It's been incredibly tough. After everything we've been through as a country over these last few years, Australians are incredibly resilient. They've overcome. We've pushed through. And you could tell the
0: campaign higher-ups passed along some messages. Morrison got the memo not to smirk too much,
5: thankfully, while Anthony Albanese got the memo to start using the word plan. We need a plan for cheaper childcare, cheaper electricity. We need a plan for housing affordability. And that's why we need a plan that includes a plan.
0: Yes, commiserations to anyone out there who did the debate drinking game last night and had to do a shot every time the word... Plan was used. I hope your new liver arrives soon. Anyways, on to some of the questions from the audience. The audience was made up of 100 undecided voters. And, of course, the the big one that I think will be getting the media attention uh, today is this one.
5: I have a four-year-old autistic son. We are grateful to receive funds through the NDIS, but I've heard many stories of people having their funds cut recently under the current government, including our own.
3: Well, thank you, Catherine. What's your son's name? Ethan. Ethan, he's four. He's four. I can't. I, I, Jenny and I have been blessed. We've got two children that don't, haven't had to go through that. And so for parents with children who are disabled, I can only try and understand. Ah, yes, good job, Mr
0: Empathy. Done it again. Jeez, imagine what it would have been like if there was like a bushfire victim up there pouring their heart out that their house had burned down. Uh, Morrison would have been like, uh, J- J- Jenny and I have been blessed with a house that hasn't burned down. I-, I can't even imagine. And speaking of houses, there was actually a question on housing affordability, which was nice, uh, to which Morrison
3: responded. I remember when Jenny and I bought our first house, it was 30 years ago. It was tough then, but I believe it's tougher now. Here in Brisbane, uh, you're looking at median house prices of about 840000 now, for apartments, it's around
0: 450000 the median. To which everyone in Sydney responded, Holy crap, I'm moving to Brisbane. That's so cheap. And thanks, ScoMo, for knowing all the exact figures there. If there's any, one thing all these debates prove, is that Morrison's only discernible skill is memorising numbers. Nobody ask him to recite Pi. We'll be here all day. Hey, Morrison, if this uh, politics thing doesn't work out, you want to come down to uh, Star Casino later, count some cards with me? That'd be... Put your skill, put your skills to some use. Finally. Oh, and thanks for reminding us how hard it was to buy a house in 1992 when the median Sydney house price was. Let me look it up here. 183 thousand dollars. Every millennial is like, wow, Scott. How, how did you? How did you do it? The crisis in aged care also came up as an issue, and uh, Morrison bizarrely claimed
3: this. I called the Royal Commission into aged care because I didn't think the aged care industry the aged care system was working. No, you called the Royal Commission into aged care for the
0: exact same reason you always call the Royal Commission. There was a Four Corners report that made you call the Royal Commission. You know, on the ABC, the channel this debate should have been on. And then when it came to staffing levels and Labor's plan to have nurses on staff 24-7, Morrison said this. We can't just make nurses all of a sudden fall out of the sky. To which Labor responded, under this government, nurse catapult technology has gone backwards. We need to start building nurse catapults here in Australia. And then when it came to aged care funding, well, you just
5: know Albanese is going to get some flack in the media for this flippant statement. And better transparency and accountability. We want to make sure... That every single dollar that goes in, we know where it's going to. Not going to to profits for someone to buy a new Maserati.
0: Oh, you just know the Daily Telegraph tomorrow is going to have a front page story from a pissed off aged care shareholding Maserati owner about Labor trying to take their Maserati habit away from them. The the next debate's going to have an irate Maserati owner at it confronting Albo. You know, it's going to be franking credits all over again, but 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 Maseratis. A recurring theme of this debate was the two leaders just ignoring whatever questions they were asked and talking about whatever they wanted to. Uh, here's a perfect example from Morrison.
4: Uh, the latest polling statistics show that voters have an all-time low level of faith in the integrity of both major party politicians. What are you going to do to restore their trust in the democratic process?
3: Thank you. Thank you, Claire. Our strong economic plan is getting people off welfare and into work. Our economic plan is about helping Australians realise their big aspirations in life.
0: Yes, Morrison's government lacks so much integrity, he couldn't even answer a question about integrity. He's like, oh crap, they'll make me want to talk about all my corrupt ministers. Uh, What'll I do? Uh, Economic plan and run down the clock. Always works. Then there was this question from a small business cafe owner.
3: During the uh, pandemic, I think it's fair to say that uh, a lot of the small businesses like myself, we were left out in the cold. JobKeeper was not accessible to us as we were not employees of our businesses. There was a lot of friends around they were sole traders they were contracted to others they were not eligible as well yes and in
0: a true sign that he has no idea how the economy works for us sole traders and freelancers who were basically abandoned during covid morrison responded by saying shut up and eat your
3: tax cuts well we've cut taxes for small business down to 25 percent second of all we've provided the instant asset write-off. And what that means is you if you go and spend on a new piece of plant equipment, a coffee machine, a fridge... Yes, and also, eat your coffee machine or
0: fridge. It's an instant asset write-off now. Meanwhile, Albanese's response to this struggling small business owner was all about how he was going to make his wage bill more expensive.
5: Uh, we think that as well in terms of taking pressure off uh, your, your small business. What we need to do is to have a plan as well to lift to lift wages throughout the economy. Ah, good one, Albo. Next time someone's drowning, you're going to
0: tell them to drink water too? Why not? And then there was this question.
5: I read today
3: that um, only 55% of 18-year-olds are currently enrolled to vote. Yeah. So I wanted to get an idea about how we're going to look at the disillusionment, I guess, externally as well as internally, coming off the back of some of those tragic stories that we've heard heard from um, federal government lately with bullying and... Um, some issues inside around that. So how can we look internally to fix that?
0: Now, I don't know about you, but listening to that question, I assumed it was about disillusionment with politicians and those allegations about bullying within political parties. But no, no, no. According to Scott Morrison, it was a perfect excuse to
3: launch an all out tirade against social media. But one of the biggest changes has been, I think, the very corrosive impact of social media on our society. And particularly in the way that it robs and steals the confidence and hopes of young people in particular, the bullying that goes online. Yes, but we all know Scott Morrison doesn't really care about children being bullied.
0: All he cares about is his ministers being bullied on Twitter. He wants them to be able to unmask anyone who says anything mean about them and, and force social media companies to hand over identities like we're in China. And speaking of bullying, there was one fiery clash between the leaders during the debate, and it was over border protection.
5: Whatsoever, so can I ask our a position question? Is
3: very clear. So, so, when you were deputy prime minister, why didn't you support turnbacks then?
5: You weren't proposing. Back no, then. No, you we were, were not proposing I'm sorry you, you we were, were it was purpo- our policy you were not turnbacks pur- were our
3: policy before you, you the 2013 not- election I was the shadow immigration minister I designed the policy so I'm, you were on the national security committee I think for the first time at that time and so why did you not
5: support turnbacks I was on the national security committee we had established offshore processing yeah. just just at the, in 2013, when I became Deputy Prime Minister, that was the first step. That was the first step. So and you were was going to do one. turnbacks?
0: No. Come on, Scott. You know Albo didn't support it then because he wasn't trying to win an election then. Give him a break. You know how it works. Anyways, on to the closing remarks. And Morrison uh, summed up by talking about the economy
3: because, let's face it, that's basically all he's got to run on. It all starts with managing a strong economy. Our government has proven that with a strong economic plan that has been delivering. Unemployment falling to 4%, a AAA credit rating, the biggest budget turnaround we've seen in 70 years. The future, we're heading in the right direction. Now is not the time to turn back. Turn back? Abba was like, I support that now. I promise. I support
0: that now. Morrison's whole economic record he's trying to run on is a complete fabrication and mirage anyway. Unemployment is low because migration hasn't recovered after the pandemic border closures. And the biggest budget turnaround he talks about is due to a current resources price boom. This man has nothing to do. To run on. Meanwhile, Albo's closing statement and a theme kind of running uh, throughout the debate uh, was that you should vote for him
5: because Labor is the party of big picture policies. The Labor Party will always look after the disadvantaged. That's why we do things like the NDIS and the big picture things for social justice. <laughs> Labor does the big things, does the big things, and we also do the big reforms. <laughs> we did the NDIS. We did pay parental leave. We did a fiber-based national broadband network. Labor does the big reforms.
0: Meanwhile, everyone at home was like, we don't want any big new reforms. Can you just promise you won't go to Hawaii if there's an emergency? If you're elected, can you promise your government will not be full of corrupt pork barreling sex pests, please? That's, that's the level. That's the bar for leadership right now. Just don't be a government full of corrupt sex pests and don't go to Hawaii. That's all we want. Anyways, at the end, Sky News polled the undecided voters as
3: they left and announced the winner. 35%. Support for Scott Morrison, 40% support for Anthony Albanese. 25% of
0: those in the room remain undecided. So, after a debate where Morrison couldn't talk about his record and Albanese didn't land any knockout blows, well, we all know there was really only one winner today.
3: Great effort by Spot. (laughs)
0: Of course last night was the second leaders debate on Channel 9 and what a cluster show it was. I tell you what though the promos certainly hyped it up.
5: Who scores the power
3: tonight on 9.
0: Yes no sorry that was actually the promo for Lego Masters. Here is the promo for the actual debate.
3: Tonight
1: the live
3: election showed the issues that really matter to you.
0: Yes, the issues that really mattered to you, provided the only issue that matters to you is people talking over each other all the time.
5: You're only one you you to get you rid of, of them. We the both, no, you. you both had a test, and i be joking. No, You're going to be joking. You're off. You're going to be joking. You're going to be joking. You're going to be You're going to
0: be to be joking. You're I think we're getting more questions around
2: us. Excuse me. I think we're getting more questions between the two of you than our panel.
0: Yes, Channeline also promised that
3: nothing is off limits.
0: Yes, and one topic that definitely wasn't off limit was lettuce prices once again. Of course, last week on the show, it was Lettuce Week. How long are they going to be confronted with
5: lettuce at $5? How can you make a lettuce cheaper?
4: One lettuce alone would be 2% of that paycheck.
5: An iceberg lettuce, Mm.
3: $5.50. You can't necessarily change the price of a lettuce. And this week, the very first question, of
0: course, was once again about lettuce prices.
2: And we know right around the country, households are, of course, concerned about forking out to feed their families, how much the groceries are costing in their baskets every day. Mm. What can you do to actually reduce the cost of lettuce. Mr Morrison, lettuce costs $5, we know that. How can you actually reduce that
0: cost? I'm joking, of course, the whole uh, lettuce obsession at the moment is uh, uh, emblematic of just general cost of living pressures. And one of the greatest cost of living pressures facing families at the moment is petrol prices. Something Scott Morrison said he wanted to put back up again. Well, one of the things that can make a difference to ease the cost of living pressures is halving
4: the fuel excise. Mm. And that's Mm. helped businesses, that's helped a lot of families. Prime Minister, will you keep that help coming beyond September?
3: No, that's not what we're proposing to do. Geez,
0: thanks, ScoMo. That's a big help. No, he did actually have one kind of weird answer for uh, what to do when petrol prices go up again, though.
4: So does that mean, though, that as we see interest rates set to rise, inflation set to rise, that all of us will be paying full price for fuel?
3: Once we get to the end of that six month period, then we will continue, of course, to provide those cheaper medicines. Yes,
0: cheaper medicines is Scott Morrison's idea for how to bring petrol prices down. I'll just fill my car up with Benadryl. Thanks, ScoMo. That, of course, was a great example of something Scott Morrison actually does well, which is not answering questions. Something Anthony Albanese actually has to work a bit harder on
5: after these last few weeks. What's the national unemployment rate? National unemployment rate at the moment is, uh, I think it's 5.4, sorry,
3: Caught Short on detail again.
5: What are the six points? The, the six points are what we will do in terms of was outlined by Bill Shorten.
0: Ah, oh, bad form from Albo there. Look at him trying to answer questions he doesn't know. you are got to do what Scott Morrison does and just say something completely different like he did many times throughout the debate last night.
3: Um, Scott Morrison, you say that people know you and they clearly do. So why don't they trust you? It's been a tough three years, particularly the last two years. Mr Morrison, you mentioned the $886 billion Commonwealth debt a little earlier. How long is it going to take young Australians to pay that back? They will be in work. (laughs) Will Australians continue to have access to the sports they love on free-to-air TV if you are in power, Prime Minister? Well, we're both promising a review on that issue.
2: More than a quarter of the voters out there are undecided. I mean you've been campaigning for four weeks. Why haven't you convinced them, Scott Morrison, that you are the one to be reelected?
3: Well, that's you're exactly right that there's is a choice. Elections are a choice. But then I think there's a choice either of you. Between not whether you like someone or don't like someone.
0: Yes, democracy is not a popularity contest. You just vote for who you don't like. That's generally how democracy works, right? Vote for who you hate. Anyways, uh, David Crow from the Sydney Morning Herald also had uh, this uh, kind of leading question towards Scott Morrison uh, that I quite enjoyed.
3: Uh, Check it out. Mr Morrison, have you seen any corruption on your side of politics in your time? And if so, what did you do about it? No, I haven't. Never? No wrongdoing? No. Never happened in the Liberal Party at all? I haven't
0: seen that, no. Wow, I haven't seen someone masterfully tease out such a clearly incriminating yet leading question like that since TV's Columbo.
5: Oh, one more thing, sir. Uh, We got something else on the gun. Did I mention that? (laughs) Before I talked to him, were you really playing chess the other night? (laughs) Yes, sir, but... uh... You did kill Claire Daly, didn't you, sir?
0: For me, the highlight of the debate was probably when the candidates got to ask each other questions. And uh, check out how uh, Anthony Albanese set up uh, Scott Morrison here with this uh, amazing question uh, that caused uh, ScoMo to kick a bit of an own goal here. Check it
5: out. Should all Australian workers be paid at least the minimum wage? Well, it depends if they're running a business or not. I mean, if you're running a
3: business, I can tell you who doesn't get the minimum wage... Necessarily small business owners when the money's
5: not coming in. That's the door. not the question Scott. No, I'm you sorry know. There no. are a whole lot of people out there mm. who are working in the gig economy and you're the Prime the Minister of Australia so, so they're not workers. They're, they're working as con- they're working for themselves That's why they do it. Your uber driver is not a small business person. There's someone there's someone trying to get by There's yeah. someone who's and trying got to get by. an opportunity
3: to do just that provided by a new economy business that is allowing them to take charge of their own life. Gotta love Scott Morrison's thinking here. People who are working for below the minimum wage as independent
0: contractors are taking control of their own lives. Why, those people I see out collecting cans. They're big entrepreneurs. The issue of China and the Solomon Islands came up, and Chris Yuleman accused Labor
3: of being soft on China. How
0: can, we have,
5: how can we have confidence time, in the as, Labor as Party, party that it will stand up to China, China
3: when some of the loudest voices in the country on being pro-Beijing come from inside your party, some your of your elders? For start. Well,
5: oh, that, 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 that's an outrageous slur. He runs his speeches Labor, past Labor the has, government. Labor has, Labor has always been always been good on national security i tell you who australia turned to in world war 2 In our darkest hour, John Curtin. It's got to love Anthony Albanese there being super topical and on flick for
0: the Zoomers with all those John Curtin references. Now, I don't know why the media keeps saying that Labor will be bad for us on China when it's Scott Morrison who stuffed up our relationship with China to begin with by repeating Trump's talking points, calling for an inquiry into COVID-19.
3: Prime Minister Scott Morrison used his address to the G20 summit to once again call for a thorough investigation into the origins of COVID-19.
0: Deborah Knight from TGB Radio had a great question for Scott Morrison. Why don't you resign? In the event of a hung parliament, will you put
4: the interests of your party above your own interests and resign as leader if that's what it takes to form government?
3: Well, what I'm advocating is that votes for independents and particularly those you refer to at this election is a recipe for chaos. But if that's what it takes for the hung parliament... And that's why in the course of an election, which is where we are right now, I'm urging strongly against such a vote because you can't vote for someone who won't tell you how they will vote.
0: Yes, but Labor doesn't seem to be telling anyone their policies and they're ahead in the polls. And also, uh, Barnaby Joyce and the Nationals got all sorts of uh, sweeteners for allowing net zero and nobody
1: knows what they are. But Barnaby Joyce has refused to say what he's actually achieved in these negotiations and what he's extracted from the Prime Minister in exchange for his party's
2: support. The Nationals say they've secured all sorts of concessions but
4: won't
5: give any details. Uh, Because it's cabinet incompetence.
0: Deborah Knight also made the best argument for why nobody should vote for Scott Morrison. In the result of a hung parliament, though, voters need to know if they vote for you... Will they get Prime Minister Dutton? Wow, Deborah Knight's got an interesting hypothetical there. Just imagine if the Teal Independents hold the balance of power and uh, it's a Liberal minority government and uh, they force Scott Morrison to resign and Josh Reidenberg has lost his seat to a Teal Independent and then we wind up with Prime Minister Peter Dutton for three years. Uh. <laughs> I think the population of New Zealand will probably double <laughs> and real estate in Sydney's inner west will suddenly become very cheap. Anyways, moving on to the Closing statements and Scott Morrison said they're blindingly obvious. Well, thank you and thank you for your attention tonight. This election is a choice. Between two men who constantly talk over the top of each other. Uh, no, Morrison's uh, closing pitch was kind of along the lines of uh,
3: You hate me, but you know me. We're a known quantity and in a time of great uncertainty and great risk, now is not time to risk things on the unknown. Labor have no plan. They are unknown and a risk. A small target is always a big risk. You know what we've achieved together and we can keep achieving that yes we can keep achieving
0: that whatever that is what did we achieve a complete lack of accountability and responsibility and leadership we can keep achieving three more years of that meanwhile anthony albanese's small target got so small that he didn't even try and differentiate himself from the
5: white middle-aged sydney uh, rugby league fan that scott morrison is i i came out of the worm a labor voter and with three great faces. I was raised uh, by my late mum, who I pay tribute to today. I came out with three great faces, the Labor Party, the Catholic Church, and the South Sydney Rugby League Football Club. In his closing statement,
0: Anthony Albanese tried to make it sound like an urgent priority that Labor wins the election.
5: Childcare costs are spiralling right now. Aged care is in crisis right now. Work has never been more insecure Than it is right now. Climate change is an opportunity, not just a challenge right now. Now, Albanese's been accused of plagiarising the movie The American
0: President before, but I didn't think he'd plagiarise a song by Akon. Childcare costs are
5: spiralling, aged care is in crisis. Climate change is an opportunity.
0: But it wasn't all doom and gloom. Albanese also tried to leave us on a positive message. And we can do so much better than we're doing right now. Yeah, just imagine if the leader was Tanya Plibersek or Penny Wong, you'd be doing a lot better. Anyways, now to who won the debate. But it turns out that was also up for debate because Channel 9, first of all, said Scott Morrison won. And this is your
2: verdict. A win for Scott Morrison, 52% declaring him as the overall winner, 48% chose Anthony Albanese.
0: Which of course led to all of the Peter Costello employees around the panel exclaiming, good job, ScoMo. It gives us a bit of an impression. We know,
2: obviously, Scott Morrison is more experienced in these kinds of formats. Deb, is that how you saw it? He's a
4: skill communicator, mm. and we know that. And I think on the face of it, he, his conviction comes through very strongly, and he can prosecute an argument with great skill, and he did that tonight. And... Anthony Albanese, he looks rattled at times.
3: Scott Morrison is a powerful performer. I think on some some mm. things, Anthony Albanese has a halting kind of presentation which may put people off.
4: But I think in terms of the skill as an narrator and as a as a debater, I think Scott Morrison has that superiority over Anthony Albanese.
0: But then, just like a bad award night ceremony, it turns out the result was wrong, and the viewers had actually picked. Anthony Albanese is the winner.
2: Uh, I'm just getting in my ear now. We've had up to 30,000 votes that have just come in on who won the debate tonight, and, in fact, it's shifted. Mm. So now Anthony Albanese is sitting on 51% and Scott Morrison
0: on 49%. Which led the Channel 9 employees to be like, oh, yeah, he was much better,
3: now I remember. (laughs) The debate, in in fact, in the room felt to me like it was reasonably even. Anthony Albanese is now... Performing better than we saw earlier in the campaign.
4: He was well prepared tonight and it showed. And then, of course, more
0: votes came in and it was tied.
2: It is now a dead heat. We have 50-50. <laughs> oh, it is
0: just and like that's, election that's... Anyway, so in conclusion, the 60 minutes debate was meant to go for 90 minutes and only went for 75. And the real winner was anybody who didn't watch any of the debate. Now, when the Australian people go to the polls in two weeks and we hear their voice... We can only hope it doesn't sound like this. Okay,
2: I, think, I think we're getting more questions Excuse me. I think
0: now, of course, I'm up late because last night was the final leaders debate on Channel 7. And uh, didn't they promo the hell out of it?
3: The final showdown. Scott Morrison versus Anthony
0: Albanese on 7. It's very over-the-top promo there from a 7. Of course, uh, Sunday's Debate 09 was on after Lego Masters, and tonight's debate was on after Big Brother. And if you ask me, I think the promo for Big Brother could have also been used for the debate.
3: They have no idea what's happening right beneath their feet.
0: Over on Nine, they didn't even try and compete with Seven's Debate. They just showed a family movie. And I think the the promo for that also summed up my feelings towards the debate. I
3: don't want to do this! Jumanji, welcome to the jungle. Tonight on Nine.
0: Seven's Debate was hosted by their chief political correspondent, Mark Riley. And uh, I think he actually did a pretty good job. He opened the debate with this. Tonight, the questions you want answered. Please be 20 questions about lettuce again. That's what I want to know about. Uh, No, and then he said this. Gentlemen, we know you're not friends, but can we be friendly tonight? Can we agree that we want to hear your policy and we want you to engage, but not disrupt each other? Can we get an agreement? Jeez, Mark Riley, what on earth makes you say that? I mean, Sunday's debate was fine. You only want to get rid of, you of the better-off overall test. No, that's not... Your party, you off You've been telling for your a party, when you're electricity, your when, when, comes, you, when it, you both energy latitude. and climate. There were some differences between this and the previous debates. Uh, for one thing, most of the questions were just asked by one journalist. And secondly, they added some annoying
3: game show countdown music. Now, we know that Australians, through the pandemic, have been taking good decisions is something that I don't support. Has ever trusted him with a financial job, I wouldn't let him near right now, and women are taking up more and more of those jobs.
0: Yes, my background sounds that distracting. I'm amazed the uh, moderator wasn't Ian Turpy from Press Your Luck.
2: I'll still press my luck. All right, Go for it. All right, because I know I can get the big guns now.
0: All right, now into the content of the debate itself. And uh, Anthony Albanese's recurring theme seemed to be, I know you're doing it
5: tough. Because people are doing it really tough out there. Real workers out there are doing it tough. But for people on the minimum wage, they're doing it really tough right now. Well, for Prime Minister Scott Morrison, it was, haven't I had it tough?
3: As we all know, the last few years have been very tough for Australians. The last three years, last two years in particular, have been incredibly tough. Over the last couple of years, we've come through the most difficult times that we could have ever imagined and couldn't have contemplated three years ago.
0: Now, the debate was structured around seven main uh, areas or questions, the first of which was wages, uh, which has been in the news because Anthony Albanese has proposed a 5.1% increase to the minimum wage in line with inflation, which in the debate he justified
5: like this. If the Fair Work Commission grant a 5% increase, that's two cups of coffee a day. And the idea that two cups of coffee a day is something that would damage the economy okay. is, I believe, uh, just not the case.
0: Yes, two cups of coffee might not damage the economy, but it would certainly damage my sleep patterns if I have two more cups of coffee a day. And thank you to everyone who's been buying me coffees at uh, buymeacoffee.com slash newsfighters. Now, Anthony Albanese, of course, is saying uh, this $8 a day wage increase would buy two cups of coffee. I say he's not trying hard enough. You should go to 711 and get eight one cups of coffee a day really really stretch that pay increase as far as you can so you never sleep and you can be up at two in the morning shouting into a microphone about a stupid debate. Scott Morrison's response to Anthony Albanese calling for a wage increase was just to grab the Aussie insult
3: phrase book and see what was in there. He's a loose unit when it comes to the economy. (laughs) Mr. Albanese showed yesterday that he is a complete loose unit on this stuff. Yes, Anthony
0: Albanese is a loose unit, says the man who this election campaign alone has been filmed uh, doing burnouts in Tasmania and getting yelled at in a Newcastle pub. Can't trust that loose unit, Anthony Albanese. There's one thing I love about the term loose unit, it was the time that Karl Stefanovic mentioned it in passing to Boris Johnson and he didn't know what the hell he was talking about
3: Um, Donald Trump, I think a lot of Australians think he's a loose unit a loose unit, uh,
5: like a like a
0: fridge. Scott Morrison didn't rule out supporting pay rises. I'd welcome pay rises, obviously, for all workers. Especially for politicians and prime ministers who've both received pay rises under Scott Morrison's government and who refused to take a pay cut during COVID. Good job. Of course, Morrison's idea to ease cost of
3: living pressures was, hey, we gave you some tax cuts, didn't we? Where families up to 126000 a year will get an extra 420 that they'll keep of money they earn. But the tax cuts we've provided continue into the future because they should keep more of what they earn and we've always delivered lower taxes. All right, Prime Minister, thank you. You are smashing out those talking points. Uh, (laughs) There is something. Yes, and Mark
0: Riley, there's also smashing the mirage of impartiality that we used to have with debate moderators. Thanks, Mark. Anthony Albanese tried his uh, relatable uh, I know you're doing it tough thing again.
5: It's not like they're they're making decisions uh, based upon uh, what holiday they'll have. What they're making decisions on is whether they'll buy a steak or just have to stick to mincemeat.
0: Meanwhile, everyone on Job Seekers like, jeez, wish I could afford some mincemeat. That sounds, that sounds luxurious. Imagine mincemeat with these two-minute noodles. I love Anthony Albanese in there mentioned uh, planning where you go on holidays. You know, Scott Morrison's media advisors during that whole exchange were like, don't mention Hawaii, don't mention Hawaii, don't mention Hawaii. Now onto another big issue of the election campaign, childcare and uh, Channel 7. Uh, thankfully, didn't want it to look like a, a total sausage fest, so they brought out uh, West Australian political ed- editor Lani Scar. Who reminded everyone, hey, remember when childcare was free? Why don't we do that again, you idiots?
5: Free childcare happened during the pandemic. You've both spoken about it tonight. Why can't free childcare continue? Mr Albanese first. What we want to do is we have a plan for more affordable childcare where 96% of families will be better off and 4% will be the same. Uh, We've also said uh, that what we will do is to have the Productivity Commission in our first term. Look towards whether you would move to a universal system of affordable childcare. What are the economic implications of that?
0: Yeah, forget the studies. I think the economic implications are everyone wants free childcare back again. Despite the fact that free childcare would dramatically increase female participation in the
3: workforce and drastically improve the economy, Scott Morrison, of course, is against it. What we don't do is go and promise the world when you know you can't pay for it. If you go to 90% childcare for everybody, That is a policy that all Australians are going to have to pay for. What we've demonstrated is we've been getting women into work because they want to work and they want those opportunities and a strong economy is what provides for it. Female participation in the workforce has been at record levels as a result of the strong economic policies that has been providing opportunities for women to get into the workforce. Strong economic policies? What the hell
0: are you talking about? My friends tell me that the system's rigged so that it's designed so that women don't do a fourth or fifth day in the office and have to take care of the kids. That's not a strong economic policy. That's like a back in the kitchen policy from the Liberal Party here. Morrison talking about women in the third person like they're some kind of exotic species he's never encountered before, continued
3: with this. And we've been championing women's entrepreneurship. And we've been championing women in non-traditional trades and skills. So many more women taking up jobs in the Western Australian mining industry, but also up in Queensland. I've met them down at Snowy Hydro. I've met them in the manufacturing industries. I've met them taking up these jobs and getting them the skills. Yes,
0: that's right. Scott Morrison is bragging about meeting women... With jobs. Wow, nobody tell Jenny she'll want one too. The coalition has come a long way, don't you think? This is, a, this is a, a, quite an exciting new development for them. Wow, I mean, I haven't seen Morrison this out of touch talking about women since uh, Sunday at the other debate. Prime Minister, do you have a problem appealing to women, do you think?
3: One in 11 women are the victims of domestic violence that results in their death in this country. One every 11 days, I should say.
0: Meanwhile, the other male leader in this two-male leader race uh, said that more had to be done to address the gender pay
5: gap and women's workforce participation. Australia has fallen to 70th in the world for women's economic participation and opportunity. We can do better than that. We can do so much better than that. We, we do very well on education for women, but that isn't translating into those full-time Permanent career jobs and those career paths. Permanent career job? Never
0: heard of it. Mike Riley's a curveball to the leaders, which have them try and say something nice about each other. Surely
3: everybody has one redeeming feature, don't they? What is the one strength, Mr. Prime Minister, that you find in this gentleman that you admire but also worries you? So Scott Morrison, of course, couldn't help but lay the boot in. He's shown a great deal of determination over that period of time to rise from very humble beginnings. And I admire that in, in Australians, and I admire that in Anthony, and that's great. But you know, to do this job, you need to know your stuff. You need to be across the detail. You need to not make things up on the rung, and you, and you can't be loose on the economy, because too many Australians' livelihoods dependent. And as much as I respect what he's been able to achieve, I just don't believe that he's been able to demonstrate that he's able to get across the detail to do this job. Wow, what a turn from uh,
0: Scott Morrison there. Anthony Albanese, what a great guy. I hate him, he's useless. Imagine if you got Scott Morrison to give a speech at your 21st. Happy 21st, steve Oh, Good on Steve-o, he's, he's worked hard his whole life to get where he is, but he's useless with money. Nobody trusts him and never give him a job. And then it was Albanese's turn to say something positive about Morrison.
5: Scott's absolutely committed to his nation. And I admire that. And on a range of issues, to name one, uh, mental health in terms of young people, we've seen increased funding for mental health but in particular increased funding for headspace and for those issues yes that's
0: right under scott morrison every young person is filled with a uh, massive anxiety and hopelessness due to the state of the environment and a complete lack of secure work and uh, secure housing and uh, we all have ptsd from when we we're locked in our house for months because scott morrison didn't order enough vaccines but uh, at least he's uh, put a bit more funding in uh, to headspace to help treat all the problems he created what a guy then it was on to closing statements, and Scott Morrison made it
3: all about you. As a government, we've backed you in. And this is one of the big differences, I think, in what we've heard tonight. See, in the Liberals and Nationals, we believe in you. Yes, the Liberals and Nationals believe in you, provided you're not trans. His captain's pick candidate, Catherine Deaves,
0: effectively withdrawing her apology for calling gender reassignment
3: surgery mutilation. His hand-picked candidate for Warringah, a captain's pick no less, well... She's walked back her apology for transphobic remarks.
4: Do you still stand by her?
3: Yeah, I do. Morrison continued, We don't believe the government is the answer. We believe you are the answer. (laughs) We want to back you in. We believe a strong economy is based on you. Yes, the theme of Morrison's uh, closing statement was basically, uh, government won't
0: solve your problems, so vote for me to run the government. Meanwhile, Anthony Albanese's closing statement was basically,
5: we can do better. And by we, he of course meant Scott Morrison. We can do better. We can do better than that. We can do better than just continuing to drift there. We can do better than that. And we can do better than that. Coincidentally, that's also
0: what all the Labor pollsters say when they see how Labor is polling in Queensland. Oh, we can
5: do better than that.
0: Anyways, on to the results. And uh, Channel 7 decided that instead of polling a studio audience to see who won the debate, they would instead ask people in
3: pubs. We invited around 150 voters to pubs in marginal seats right around Australia in every state plus the Northern Territory.
0: Yes, that's right. Sucked in, Canberra. No, I bet they just had trouble finding a pub in Canberra that was open after nine o'clock on Wednesday. But yes, anyway, to the results. And of course, if there's one group of people that can always be trusted to tell the truth in their political opinions, it's people who've been drinking in pubs. And let's see what they had to say. A strong lead for Anthony Albanese, winning half the crowd. The PM claimed 34% of the vote, 16% undecided. Yes, that's right. Anthony Albanese won the debate, 50%. To thirty-four, Which means Anthony Albanese is definitely going to win the election and be our next Prime Minister. Because that's exactly uh, what happened uh, with the winner of the 2019 debate, I think. Let's have a look. Bill Shorten has been voted the winner of the first leadership debate. Well, most commentators
4: and the studio audience scored last night's first leaders debate as a narrow win for
0: Bill Shorten. Oh, well, never mind. Anyway, in conclusion, uh, if there's one thing I learnt from the debate, it's that uh, Anthony Albanese, if he doesn't win, at least already has his concession speech
5: written. We can do better than that. We can do so much better than that.
0: Alrighty, thanks for listening to this special repeat episode of News Fighters. As I said, I'm on break at the moment. In fact, our uh, Patreon is paused. So if you want to support the show, please buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash newsfighters. And uh, just a reminder, subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash newsfighters and on your podcasting app of choice. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at newsfighterspod. And sign up for our newsletter if you want to know when we'll be coming back at newsfighters. And uh, don't forget, tell your friends and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Thanks for listening. Keep fighting and bye for now.
5: This is News
3: Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. Hold
1: up.